We got our weekly wrap. We got the equal time law. We've got diversity in Silicon Valley. And we've got Krispy Kreme donuts. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. Great to have you here, everybody. It is finally Friday, the 23rd day of October, this one is. There was a whole lot of politics in the American economy this week, which is why our weekly wrap of Wall Street and beyond should probably more accurately be called today the weekly wrap of Inside the Beltway. Here to do that with us are Neela Richardson from Redfin, Sudeep Reddy from the Wall Street Journal. They are both in our Washington Bureau. Hey, everybody. Hey, Kai. Hi, Kai. All right, Neela, we're going to start with you. The topic, uh, the first topic today is Paul Ryan, soon to be, I imagine, the Speaker of the House. The question is, is that going to change economic policymaking in Washington as we know it? If one man could change economic policymaking or one woman, we would be a vastly different country right now. (laughs) As well-respected as Paul Ryan is, and he is respected on both sides of the aisle because he brings not so much style but substance, and substance is sorely needed in Washington. Uh, The fact is there's still too many conflicting interests for him to push forward an agenda easily. But, Sudeep, we were promised that Paul Ryan was going to be different, that he was the man, that he was going to, you know, he's got endorsements and everything. He was the savior to everyone's problems. Uh, Paul Ryan cannot fix a divided GOP, even though they have such a huge majority in the House. um, They are broken into factions, and he cannot fix that. Paul Ryan cannot change the fact that we are now 54 weeks away from a presidential election, and nothing else is going to get attention other than that. So... He is, in the longer run, he actually could uh, provide some benefit to the party, to the House, to a broken Congress. He's obviously far more interested in details of policy than your average politician, even though that's not saying much. (laughs) Um, But So that can make a difference in the long run, but it's not going to make any difference right now. So, so Neela, let me approach a deadline slightly closer to home in the hopes that it concentrates the mind. Forget 54 weeks of the presidential election we have, and I'm counting on a calendar here in my... In my studio, we've got seven, eight, nine. We've got eleven days till the debt limit uh, ceiling is reached. The Secretary of the Treasury, Jack Lew, says we're going to run out of money. Is so Ryan's going to be a chosen speaker like in a week? He's going to have four or five days to fix that. Is he going to be able to do it? That's a great question. I really I don't know. know the answer to that. Nancy Pelosi called it the calendar of chaos, and I agree with her. <laughs> That's a good one. And we do, we've done this every two years for the for for a very long time, and I think we're going to have the same conversation next year. At some point, we, we have to stop hating the players and hate the game. We are the only advanced country Ooh, that first spends money and then decides whether or not we're right. going to pay for it. Right. And that is going to be a recurring theme unless the process is fixed. It, it is insanity. Sudeep, let me ask you, though, there are some substantive things already happening because of the looming debt limit, right? The Treasury Department canceled a sale of two-year notes. Uh, The yield on one-year treasuries is higher than the yield on slightly longer terms because people are uncertain as to what the American debt situation is going to be. It's already actually happening. It is actually happening. There is at least some short-term damage that is occurring, and uh, there's very little benefit that we get out of having this fight. And you'd think that uh, the members who are pushing this in Congress would learn that they're not getting anything out of it. They're going to go through the same internal torture that they've been going through. And in the end, they're probably just going to pass a clean debt limit increase at the last minute. But this is a Because they always problem. do, right? Because yeah, exactly. they always they do. Always do. Yeah. But the Treasury Secretary is talking a lot more about the risk of an accident, something happening when you're this close to the line. And it could happen. 
Oops. Uh, all right. Very quickly, we have a minute left. And uh, in that minute, I want to talk interest rates. Neela, I want to talk uh, the Chinese government has mm-hmm. cut its interest rates. The European central government says it's holding steady on interest rates and supplying more stimulus. And yet here we are in this country talking about the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. You have your slice of the time left is 20 seconds. Uh, does, does that make any sense? Well, yeah, yeah. Basically, the the world is slowing and weakening, and right now, the greatest threat to the U.S. growth process is Congress. And mm. so, yes, it's going to take a few days to figure it all out. This is the worst time for Congress to be uh, putting it's, at risk American interest rates and the, and the strength of the dollar. Right. What Ben Bernanke used to call uh, muttering under his breath, "fiscal policymakers." Sudeep, slightly different question to you. I was talking to Felix last week on this segment about this. Has the Fed missed its window to raise rates? It very well may have when you hmm. look at the rest of the world and see uh, China desperately.